This is Hearts of Oak Podcast. Free speech, religious disagreement, children's rights, and open and free discussion on any topic are bedrock to a democratic free society. And we seek to promote and champion these basic rights. Join us. Let's keep the conversation going. Ben Berkwam, it is wonderful to have you with us. Thanks so much for giving us your time today. It's great to be with you, sir. Great to have you, and obviously seen you uh, many times on uh, War Room. Obviously, uh, you're doing a lot with Real America Voicing. Many of your pieces on the border, people can find you at Ben Berkwam is your Twitter handle. Uh, you're the host of Law and Border on Real America Voice News, founder of Frontline America, Christian conservative, husband and father, all ticks the right boxes. So great to have you. Maybe, Ben, you can touch on um your uh how did you fall in i guess to to being a journalist and i think most of what i saw you put out a lot of stuff but a lot is a focus on the border on that immigration issue how did you end up kind of being a journalist and covering that specific area uh you know it's an interesting backstory i uh, didn't uh, plan on it uh, in college I, I was an undergrad kinesiology exercise science major so i was a fitness major ended up getting my mba um, before that I was in architecture and art. And so a whole bunch of kind of background, I was played football and, and, uh, you know, it was just a, a sports guy, but, uh, in college, I, I saw the direction I went to high school and college in California, uh, parents were missionaries in Africa. When I was a kid, we ended up in California and, and, uh, uh I saw the direction the state was going. I saw how evil things were getting and I saw nobody standing up to fight back for the most part, you know, the, even the Republicans in California, they just seemed comfortable losing. And so I, it was about the same time that uh, uh, Facebook Live had come out. And in college, I'd, I'd started a conservative values organization. I kind of, uh, I got burned out in politics. I, and then I got into drugs and alcohol for a while, I was actually a crack addict for a while. Um, and uh, God turned my life back around in 2015 uh, and right into the 2016 campaign. And I was full on. And so I just took my phone out and started filming and going up and confronting the left in Sacramento. And, and mostly at the beginning, it, it, it's really always been God, family, country are the, the three pillars of what I focus on. Um, and whatever, wherever they fall into that, those one of those categories. In California, obviously, it's godlessness, it's evil, it's uh, the far left has taken over to the point now where we can't even define what a woman is. I mean, who would have thought 10 years ago, even that that would be a subject we'd be having? Um, and, it, but, you know, this was, this was one of the issues, uh, in California, in college though, what, what I noticed was I'm struggling to even get through college. I'm, I'm paying my own way. My parents weren't wealthy. And so, uh, they, they couldn't pay me or pay my way through college. And we made just enough money to where I didn't qualify for any of the, uh, the freebies that the government gives out in California. But all of a sudden I noticed several of my classes had illegal aid in them that were getting full tips. And I thought, what the hell is going on here? And then um, what really turned me on to the border and made me passionate about it was uh, I met an angel mom named Agnes Gibney, whose son, she was a legal immigrant. My wife's a legal immigrant. Um, my wife's family escaped communism from Laos to come here. Agnes Gibney, she escaped communism. Her family fled after uh, World War II and uh, they ended up first in Brazil and then in, in California. Her son was murdered by an illegal alien. And, um, and I started getting story after story after story of these families whose family members had been murdered by illegal aliens. And this was about the same time 
that this whole argument conversation about sanctuary cities and sanctuary states was coming up. And so uh, they, I just couldn't believe it. I thought, how, how the hell could we be in a state that would protect illegal aliens, people that have no right to be here in the first place, above American citizens, and in some cases, above American citizens who had come here legally to escape communism, socialism, the despots of the world. And so that, it just pissed me off, honestly. I just thought, there's no way. This is this just can't be happening. So I got heavily involved with the Fight Sanctuary State Movement. And then that kind of led me down the path of illegal immigration. Uh, was on, a, a, had a, a show on the Salem Radio Network for a year. Uh, and, and it was, you know, everything, but a heavy focus on immigration. And then about that same time, uh, Real America's Voice News had started. They saw the work I was doing. They came and said, we need a border guy. Are you interested? And that's been about four four and a half years, five years now, been on with Real America's Voice. So it's really been a progression, you know, kind of, you know, God's plan uh, is is not necessarily our timing and, and uh, but it's pretty, it's been a, a pretty amazing ride as well. So now I do the show Law and Border, travel all over North America, down into South America. We're even over in Europe um, this, this summer showing the connections between the United Nations, the globalists, the Great Reset, uh, everything that's happening in Europe and the connections between the invasion we have on our southern border in America, and so it's 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 all of that. You know, even the border is not just the border. The border is it's it's the fight of freedom, liberty versus communism, socialism. It's the fight against the new world order, the the globalist leftist, the you know the Great Reset, Klaus Schwab, WEF, all of this. It's, and it, you know it, it all ties together. It's all in in some ways it's all one. I would love to pick up on missionary family in Africa. Go turn your life around. I, I, trust me, I'll come back to you on a full story on that because to me, that's extremely exciting. But yeah. onto the border, which will will stay on today, but that there will be a part two, uh, definitely if Ben has the time. And um, I, I think it's the mass of people. I mean, here's just a a, a video we'll just put up just for. 15 seconds, um, and it shows the amount of people uh, you'd posted uh, from uh, someone else. This was probably maybe two weeks ago. Let me just put just 10 seconds of this up for people to see. Yeah, this is actually video shot by Auden Cabello. In, uh, he's actually lives in Acuna, Mexico. This is uh, in Eagle Pass, Texas, coming across from uh, Piedras Negras. And this is this. These are the lines that you see now. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people, thousands per day, just marching on into America. And um, where where do you go? Because it's uh, people find it hard to believe the amount of individuals and. We in the UK have a much smaller level of immigration with 50,000 coming across illegally on boats. And the English Channel from France to UK is our southern border, in effect. And yep. that's what we see. That pays an insignificance on what you have. And I, how do you actually portray to the public the amount? Because it's the amount that makes people think, no, this, this can't be real. It's just this is a story you're trying to spin. Go away. Um, the scale of it, touch on that. Well, it's uh, all you have to do is look at the federal government's numbers. And these are these are conservative numbers. Uh, so I'll, I'll break them into two. It's the known apprehensions. And we're up around 8 million since Joe Biden took office. And then the unknowns. And they, they admit to around 1.8 million of what they call the gotaways. 
just just taking the eight million, if you take that, if you just took away the gotaways and say, okay, we're going to take the federal government at its own numbers, and we're going to say that eight million people have come into our country. That is the population of more than thirty-five states in the United States. That's that that you know. So you take an entire state. I'm in the state of Arkansas right now. Our our population is uh, under four million people, right around four million people. Uh, that that's double our state's population. So you know, you, you, if you compare that in in quantity, and and again, these are absolute. These are conservative numbers. Uh, they now you add in the gotaways. And this is the number that actually really pisses me off. And I'm going to show you, I actually have a, a couple little illustrations here that'll help tell the story. Uh, every time I go down to the border, I look for, I call them souvenirs, but they're really more of evidence. Uh, I get IDs from all over the world. I get passports from all over the world. Um, I get little booklets. This is a little Chinese Proverbs booklet that was left there. And you would ask, well, why would anybody dump these IDs? Why would you ever, why, like, if I lost my passport, I would freak out. I travel all over the world. You know, that's one of your big concerns when you're traveling. Don't lose your passport. They're dumping. They're not losing their passports. They're dumping their passports. And we've asked them. I've actually interviewed people. I was on the Mexico side, and I saw this, this family from Africa, and they were taking all of their documents. I actually filmed them doing this, and they were burning them on the shore. They were taking out their IDs. They were taking and trying to burn them before they went across we've asked multiple people, why would you do that? And they said they've actually been coached on this, that they have an easier time coming into America if they don't, if, if the government doesn't know who they are. So they can make up any backstory they want. They can say they are whoever they want. Uh, if they, as long as they don't show up on Interpol or one of our terror watch lists, or they haven't been previously deported or have a criminal record with a country that we share information with, we have zero way of vetting them or verifying. So they can make up any story. And the sad reality is this is one of the, 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 the parts the left doesn't want to talk about. There's many parts of this left doesn't want to talk about. The children are actually used simply as pawns. So if you come across as a single adult male, it used to be you had a harder time getting in. Now we're just letting everybody in. But it used to be you had a harder time getting in. So what they do is in Mexico and in Central America, they have black markets for children. They, families will sell their children. Uh, people will steal children. And the men will come across, sometimes the women as well, and they'll bring a child with them. They'll say, this is my daughter. We have no way of verifying that. We let you in as a family. And then they will send those children back. It's, uh, Border Patrol calls it recycling. So they actually recycle these kids and they will, they'll filter them through. And if you came through with a, a passport and, and your, that child uh, had a birth certificate and they were from two different countries and there was no connection, well, it would be a lot harder to spin that story. But if you come across with nothing and you say, this is my child, this is my son, this is my daughter, this is my wife, we have no way of verifying that. So that's part of it. But the, the big concern that uh, that I have, it, it's both. I mean, the, the known 8 million people, we can't afford that. We're in a country that's $33 trillion in debt. We are going more in debt every single day. Uh, we're paying off other countries. We're paying for their wars. We're paying for them to secure their borders. But we're going bankrupt. And while we're doing that, we're inviting in millions of more people who are all going to end up on our government dole at some point, whether that's through welfare, the asylum process. They're all paid a monthly stipend to be here uh, if they end up get, being granted asylum through our education system, through our healthcare networks. So we are we are literally slitting our own country's throat with what's going on just on the ones we're inviting in. Then you take the millions more that are coming through. And again, I'll, I'll give you a little illustration to that. My last trip down uh, to Luke, I was, it, it, there's the, some really areas right now that are being really heavily hit. And most of it, Texas is really bad. Arizona is really bad. California is as well, but it's not talked about as much, but I was down in Arizona 
I was filming an area, the Tohono O'odham uh, Indian Reservation. I was down there showing these massive groups, 1,500 people coming across at a time. I, you know, and, and that, like, just to put that in perspective, you imagine you're out in the middle of nowhere. You're, you're three hours from civilization. You're out in the desert. We call it no man's land. And all of a sudden, 1,500 people show up. I mean, it's like, it's like they're, they're, they're showing up for a, a football game. You know, they're going to they're gonna just march on in. They've got some of the bags of luggage. You know, they've traveled around the world to get here. And now they're marching through the desert, walking up to you, saying, let us in, or just, just demanding that they be let in. That's happening day after day after day. And that's one point, one point on a 2,000-mile-long border. And it's happening at hundreds of points along our southern border. Well, while that's happening, well, you have these people that are turning themselves in that want to get caught, that are gaming the system because the United Nations and, and uh, Catholic Charities and Lutheran Social Services and Jewish Family Services, all of these communist NGOs that are getting paid off to do this are inviting them in. A mile up the, the road, I went to a little place called Sassabee, Arizona. They're turning themselves in there as well. I go a mile past where they're turning themselves in and I catch a group of cartel members that are running drugs across our border. Literally, I drive up. I'm the only one there. Uh, there's no Border Patrol because Border Patrol is all being used on processing these fake asylum seekers. And I look across the wall. I'm 20 feet away from the wall. And I see this backpack. I, so I back up to it, jump out of the car. I'm armed because we're dealing with cartels. They walk around with AK-47s on the Mexico side and on the U.S. side. Um, and so I, I look down. And all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, man, this is, this is bad. I've got seven guys all in full camouflage about to cross over. They had actually already been in, in the U.S. side. They ran back across when I backed up to them. And I start filming. And thank God I was filming because he actually heard in the camera the coyote, the cartel coyote say, let's go, let's go, let's go back. He's filming in Spanish. He says this. Well, while they ran away, one of the guys actually dropped their hat. So this is a, an official cartel camouflage hat that was dropped on our southern border simply because I was there. But as soon as I left, guaranteed that group with their drugs and their full backpacks came across and there was no border patrol for hundreds of miles to stop them. And that's the state of our border right now. We are spending all of our border patrol resources, the vast majority of it on processing fake asylum seekers. And the, the areas in between are completely wide open for drug smugglers, for sex traffickers, and for potential terrorists. So we are, we are destroying our country uh, as we speak by the very people that have sworn an oath to protect our country. I mean, it, it, so, so to, to, you know, where people say, well, it couldn't be that bad. Imagine the worst you can think it could be, and it's worse. Can I ask you, because in the UK, we talk about immigration affecting services, so schools and hospitals and transport. But in the US, when you look at the drugs problem coming across the border, the fentanyl problem you have in the US, and it seems to be that it, as much as I would love to say, well, this is the Democrats' fault, actually, it seems to be that no one wants to deal with this. Surely a drugs problem uh, would make people wake up, especially with many of the politicians having families, having children. Um, how does that not hit home and that to be a reason to shut the border? Yeah, it's a great question. We had over 100,000 young people die of fentanyl overdoses last year. It's the number one killer for uh, people 18 to 45 in America. It's, it is a weapon of mass destruction. Uh, the precursors to fentanyl were originally created in China. Most of them still come from China. They're shipped to the cartels in Mexico. And then the Mexican terrorist drug cartels smuggle them across our southern border to kill American citizens. There's no question about it. If, 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 if this was, if we had, you know, if we considered this, if, if this was uh, the Taliban 
that had killed 100,000 Americans. Uh, we went to war for 20 years over a fraction of that. You know, 3,000 people dying on 9-11. We, we spent 20 years in the Middle East uh, supposed, supposedly fighting terrorists. We have 100,000 plus people die every single year. And both sides uh, seem to not care at all. I mean, we're, we're having this idiotic discussion in Washington, D.C. right now about the federal government shutting down while our country is bleeding out. We don't even on the as you mentioned, you know, the Democrats to me, I mean, and in some ways they're 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 terrible. They're evil. They're inviting this. But some ways they're not as bad. At least they're stabbing me in the front. It's the people that claim to be on my side, the, the people that claim to care about these issues that end up stabbing you in the back. You know, you look at guys like Kevin McCarthy, who was in there as speaker, did absolutely nothing to stop this. Uh, we look at most politicians in America will talk about issues, but they do absolutely nothing. And I think the, the message should be very simple. Shut the government down until we can shut this invasion on our southern border down. And if you don't have the balls to do that, then get out of Congress. We need that. And, and, and again, as you mentioned, it's been on both sides. Historically, if we back up just a little bit, up, up until President Trump, you had Democrats and Republicans. They both loved illegal immigration. Republicans loved it for the cheap labor. The Chambers of Commerce love cheap labor. They love people working under the table uh, because it makes more money for them. You also had the Democrats that love it because they love holding people under their thumb. They love having easy votes. Um, and ultimately, it's it's a win for slavery. I mean, you, you talk about, you know, we ended slavery in the, U the United States. We ended in the UK 100, uh, over 100 years ago. But we're, there are more slaves today in America than there ever have been because of what we have going on on our southern border. So all of that. Then President Trump came in and said, wait a second. This isn't good. This isn't good for America. This isn't good for the people that this is happening to. This isn't good for the countries that they're leaving. And ultimately, if this continues, the world will be affected by this. This will be bad for everyone because if America falls, the world falls. And so President Trump was the first one that came in and said, we're actually going to do something to stop this. And he did. We saw the lowest numbers. When President Trump took office, there were some of the highest numbers we'd seen. When President Trump left office, when the election was stolen, I don't know if I can say that on your show, but I absolutely oh, you can. We're not was. on YouTube. Say it's okay. stolen. 100%. It, it was. It was 100% <laughs> stolen. Um, the, the Democrats have perfected election fraud. When that happened, we had some of the lowest numbers we'd seen uh, on the southern border. And it was simply because President Trump prioritized it and said, you will not break into our country. You will not get freebies. And, and the one big, one big uh, policy that he put into a place was the Remain in Mexico policy that said, if you're coming here requesting asylum, you're going to wait on the Mexico side of the border until your case is adjudicated, and then we will let you in if you qualify. Well, the 95% of the people that are coming that are claiming asylum now don't qualify for asylum. They got the message, we're not going to get in, so they stayed home. Then you have Joe Biden come in and say, everybody's welcome, come on in, and now the floodgates are open. And, and you're right. Uh, so Democrats have invited this, but the Republicans have done almost nothing to stop it. And that's, I'm, you know, I'm, the Democrats need to be held. They need to be arrested and charged with treason. Joe Biden, Secretary Marcus, everybody who's inviting this, the NGOs like Catholic Charities need to be defunded immediately. The House has the control over the purse strings. They could do that today. And the United Nations needs to be defunded. And ultimately, when we take back control in 2024, which I pray and I believe we will, we need investigations into every single politician that has supported open borders to find out how many of them are bought off by the cartels. That's what we need in America. But right now, we have none of that. Can I ask about the people coming over? I mean, you put up a tweet, uh, immigrants from 23 Islamic countries. Uh, in Europe, it's actually the 
is the clash between people coming from Islamic countries um, and that cultural clash between the traditional Christian freedoms that we've had in Europe. And then you come uh, with a push on Islam, and that's the almighty clash that we're having in Europe. You haven't got it to quite that level. But where is the the push coming from? Obviously, everyone... Uh, you can't blame people in theory if it's economic migrants wanting to be right. in a richer country. Everyone wants to be richer. Everyone wants to have a better right. life. That's that's fair enough. Um, but you don't necessarily have that right to just cross right. over and, and pick a nation. Where, where is the, the, the people groups coming from and how is that the clash between U.S. culture? Well, that's that's the the rub in America. It's it's not one. It's we're getting it's the death by a million cuts. So you have the people coming across that simply want a job and are taking it. You know, it's ironic, too. We had four years with President Trump, some of the best job numbers for almost every single demographic, lowest unemployment for black, lowest unemployment for Hispanic, lowest unemployment for women uh, until the China virus, until uh, China unleashed COVID on the world. And uh, and then the election theft. Now you have some of the worst job numbers for the black community. Uh, even the Hispanic community in America, the, the legal Hispanic community in America is being crushed by this. So you have the part of it that are just the economic migrants that are coming over for jobs. And I wish they were all just, I mean, honestly, I wish they were coming for jobs. But now you have this other side of it where you have illegal aliens that have been taught. You have generations now that have been taught that you can game the welfare system. You don't even have to work. And so now you have millions that are coming across simply to game the welfare system and they get it and they take it out of our kids pockets as we continue to go further and further into debt uh, they take it from our kids education they take it from our healthcare system coming from california used to live there escaped a couple years ago and we had in our local area in the central valley we've had three hospitals shut down uh, in the last five years because of illegal aliens they they come in they use the services they don't pay the bills and then the hospitals end up going bankrupt and that's a that's an epidemic happening across america but then you have, as you guys see, and in some ways uh, it's better, it's worse for you know Europe, what's going on. By the way, if you haven't read a book, uh, it's, it's called The Sword and the Scimitar by Raymond Ibrahim. It's the thousand years of the war of, on Islam and Christendom. It is a, ex, a extremely good book to read, to, to learn the history behind this from Mohammed up to, uh, uh, you know, until the Spain kicked the Moors out for good. You know, there was there was history to that about the same time as Christopher Columbus. This isn't new for Europe. You know, there's been a war. Muslims have been attacking Europe, trying to take over Europe for hundreds of years, ever since uh, Muhammad, really, and after his death. Well, it, Spain actually got to the point right around uh, 1400, uh, uh, the end of 1400, where they said no more. They tried, they tried, they tried, and they said no more. And they ended up kicking the Moors all out of Spain back to northern Africa. Well, now you have these woke leftists saying, come on in, guys. Come on in. We got no. It's it's all compassion. We are you know, and and you have these, you have these brain dead, uh, supposedly religious organizations that are saying, well, we want to be compassionate. We don't want to be mean people. So these, we, you know, we're, we're going to look at people through the best lens possible. We're going to say they just want a better life. We're going to invite them in, and not knowing that you're committing national suicide, and that's happening all across Europe. I, as I mentioned, I was in Sweden. I was in Europe this uh, this past summer. I started in Sweden, then went down through Denmark. Uh, into France. Actually, you mentioned the English Channel. I wish the Rio Grande River was as wide as the English Channel. We'd have a lot more control of it. But, you know, in Calais, uh, Oscar Blue, one of my uh, co-workers or uh, uh, compadres on, on Real America's Voice News, they were down there and they were showing these these houses, derelict houses with these 
uh, Africans. It's interesting because you have the Christian Africans escaping the Muslims, leaving Africa. And then you have right behind them, the jihadists that are blending in and coming right up with them. And so that, that's what's happening. So you have Europe that has that. They, they have that. But in, in some ways, it's better because you can say, OK, this is bad. We can isolate the enemy and we can say, nope, we're not going to allow this anymore. If you can take back control from the woke, brain dead leftists. In America, now we have those other issues. We have the, the welfare state being overrun. We have the job takers coming in. And then you have the jihadists as well being invited up by Ilhan Omar and Rashida Tlaib and AOC, uh, who same way, they just want the destruction of our country. So you have, we have it on from all fronts. Takes a little bit longer to get here, a little bit harder for somebody to leave the Middle East, to come to the United States, a little bit easier uh, to go up into Europe. But in, in the end, it's the same enemy. So all of that's happening. But the tip of the spear on all of that, whether it's the jihadists coming up to Europe or the jihadists coming up through America or the job killers or job takers or welfare takers coming up through both sides, it's the United Nations, it's the leftists, it's the World Economic Forum, it's this Klaus Schwab global reset, redistribution of wealth that is driving all of this and all of these fake godless communist non-governmental organizations, charities that are at the front edge of this that are getting paid off by every government in the world to help enable the invasion of the West. That's what's happening. Can I just pick up on California just for the, our last five minutes or so, because I know you're nonstop media, so I do appreciate your time, Ben. But it's you touched on California. Obviously, we've seen the, the crazy debate between Ron DeSantis and Gavin Newsom, legitimizing Gavin Newsom, and obviously many are pushing for him to run because Biden doesn't know what time of the day it is, never mind that he's president. But uh, let me just play this clip of you showing the tendencies, which I saw actually in L.A., April time last year, for the first time ever, was on the West Coast and the last time I ever want to be there. Um, let me just play this and just talk us through kind of what we're seeing and what you've seen in California, which obviously is is uh, the state you know well. Yeah, this is a, a tent city on the American River in Sacramento, California, and the, the capital of Sacramento. This was actually the day before Gavin Newsom did that, that pathetic debate with... Uh, Ron DeSantis, he leaves California. This was actually two weeks after uh, we had Xi Jinping come to town to San Francisco and they cleaned up the streets of San Francisco. And right now they've spent billions of dollars in California. They, they just last year spent hundreds of millions of dollars they, to supposedly clean up the streets. And if you go to downtown Sacramento, the streets are clean. But if you go to any of the exterior areas, you go to any of the, the peripheral neighborhoods, the, uh, the suburbs of Sacramento, this is what it looks like. It is absolute filth. It's, it's hell on earth. It's a cesspool. It's drugs. It's crime. And really, it's just it's human misery. You know, I actually interviewed several of the people down there, and they don't want to be there. You know, some of them do. Some of them are addicts that, that just don't want to be held accountable. Some of them are criminals. But uh, it's, it, you know, the, a, lot, a lot of these people simply can't afford to live in California anymore because of the economic policies by the left. We have some of the highest cost of living in the country, you know, I say that as a guy who lives in Arkansas now, who has gas for under $2.50 a gallon in California, when I left there, it was $6 a gallon. In, in, in San Francisco, the median single bedroom apartment is $3,500 a month. So you look at, and, and, and uh, Sacramento is not much below that. You look at LA is the same. So you have this, this disparity between the extremely rich who look up, you know, like Gavin Newsom and lives in his multi-million dollar mansion and says, well, uh, it's not so bad. 
while he's destroying the energy sector. He's destroying every industry that he doesn't like. He's destroying agriculture in the Central Valley, which is, you know, California produces uh, the, the, the majority of some staple food products that the world eats, and in particular, the United States eats. They're destroying that at the altar of climate change and radical environmentalism, and they're destroying lives along the way. So the bottom line is, is very simple. If you like misery, if you like poverty, if you like homelessness, drug addiction, if you like thug, BLM thugs being able to rob at will and not being penalized by leftist DAs, Soros-backed DAs, then keep voting for Democrats. But if you're sick of living that way, then you can't vote for these guys. They're, they're, not, they're not in it for your best interest. They may say all the right things, but they lie. Gavin Newsom is one of the worst liars I know. He's one of the slickest guys I know, uh, but he's an absolute disgusting liar. And it's time that we, we fire every single person like that. And we start saying, what's in the best interest for Americans? What's in the best interest for my citizens? If you're in the UK, it should be, what's in the best interest for the citizens of the UK? And every country should take that model and then take it all the way down to your local level, to your local community, and say, if we come from that perspective, like I'm not a mean-hearted person, I'm a Christian, I give to my church, I give to the needy. In fact, I gave, I interviewed one lady there um, and, and I, I gave to her and I usually don't, I usually don't give to homeless people because usually you're just feeding an addiction. But I did, and I, cause I, I judge it at one person at a time. But the last thing we need to do is keep pumping money into the federal government that then pumps it out to their friendlies that, that, that basically are funded by the continuation of homelessness, or they are funded by the continuation of the invasion on our southern border. We have entire industries now based around the destruction of America that we are paying for, the American citizens are paying for. And if you're sick of it, like I'm sick of it, we have to get these people out of office. Ultimately, I think we have to prosecute the ones that are traitors to our country um, and take back this country and, and stop saying we're going to compromise. Stop apologizing for being right and say, you know, if these ideas are better, we're going to win in the arena of ideas. We're not going to compromise. We're going to defeat the enemy. Uh, and again, come from the perspective. That's why I support President Trump so much. He came from the perspective of winning, not compromising. Now, I didn't agree with him on everything. I think, you know, you look now back at the vaccines and, and all of that. Um, I, I think we need to, to, you know, there's some some things he needs to change. I think one thing he needs to change is who he puts around himself. But ultimately, President Trump was the best thing for America and really for the world. And I pray that he wins in 2024. And, and really, that that ultimately is will decide the trajectory of not just America, but the rest of the world. If they steal it again in 2024, I have a hard time seeing how we save not just America, but the rest of the planet as well. Ben, thanks for coming. Obviously, people can find you popping up regularly on Warm Real America Voice. Um, your your show, Law and Border, uh, is it on uh, regular times? Just uh, met, let us know that before we finish. Yeah, it's uh, we basically run it as a special. We have 19 episodes. We're in our third season right now. Um, and so it runs on Saturdays and Sundays when the new episodes are out. But if you want to binge watch, they're always available. All 19 episodes are available at americasvoice.news. And then you just click on all shows, go down to Law and & Border, and you can watch every single episode. We're working on our 20th episode as we speak. Brilliant. Well, Ben, thanks so much for your time today. Thank you, sir. It's great to be with you. If you like what we do, sign up to our mailing list. Donate, share, and subscribe to our many platforms at heartsofoak.org. Thank you for listening.